Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. It's a size em up Sunday, Garrett, after the Ravens 31-24 win over the Arizona Cardinals in week eight. It wasn't always pretty, but this is the classic a win is a win is a win is a win, Garrett, and you size them up either way. Yeah, totally. It wasn't always pretty, but I also never, especially in the second half, really felt like the game was necessarily that close. I felt like yep. the Ravens had it in hand, and it just felt like it was a game that wouldn't end. I was like, is it the fourth <laughs> quarter, it just kept going and going, and then the onside kick gets added, and you're just like, will this game just end? Like, We know what's going to happen. The Ravens are going to win this game. They've got it pretty much in hand. You know, now I will say when they lined up for the second onside kick, I'm like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna get it again, right? Like they're not you're, gonna get it again. But you had to, you were sweating that out, that one out a little oh. bit. I think we were all at home, kind of, we're like, I'm kind of on the edge of my seat here. Do <laughs> I actually have to start worrying? Do I need to start sweating? Right. Or am I good right now? Right. Exactly. So it was a game that wouldn't end, but I thought overall, like, it was, it was a good win for the Ravens. I, I thought the Cardinals, like, they impressed me in terms of. Uh, playing to the end there to be honest like I mm-hmm. kind of felt like this is the team that's that's doesn't look like they're going anywhere this year and for them to keep fighting the way they did I thought that kind of impressed me but um I, again you said it a win is a win and I thought that um, even on a day where the Ravens I don't think had their best stuff you know it's like a pitcher who doesn't have his best stuff but is able to work the yeah. counts and get some double plays and things like that that's kind of what I thought <laughs> this game was for the Ravens. Yeah, I completely agree. And and let's be honest. I think early on in this game, the Cardinals go down the field. They score on their opening drive. You're down 7 nothing, And then the Ravens offense is struggling a little bit out, out of the gates. You're like, oh boy, here we go again. Is it happening, happening again where the Ravens kind of, uh, you know, play down to their opponent and, and, and have a letdown game after we're all riding so high in Detroit? I think that's kind of what we're all thinking early on in this game. And it is a testament to the Ravens that they didn't go too far down that road, right? I mean, I think that this could have gone the other way. And John Harbaugh even said, you're not going to be hitting on every every cylinder every single week. You have to find a way to win those games. And I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, I thought like, I think that's a good point that at, there's been times over the past few years where like they've lost a game like this. And... Yep. You know, even well, I mean, we saw you know, Indy. I mean, this season, right? Indy, Pittsburgh. Yep, we saw that. Yeah, yep. And and so to not lose it, I thought was obviously huge for this team. And then even again at the end, I, I never, I never really felt like it was it was super close. But you know, at the end when it, it gets kind of close, like even just to 
to get that last onside kick and be like, all right, this is done. Fun's over. You know, party's over here. We're going to get the win. I thought, I thought that was big. And I think that, like, you know, it was kind of a weird game. It was sloppy in, in certain ways. Like, the offense was pretty good and efficient, and we're going to get into all of that. But, like, it, it just kind of felt, I, I guess, a little bit disjointed. But I just think from a big-picture level, like, it showed that the Ravens can win a game when they don't have their best stuff. And I thought John Harbaugh made a great point about that after the game where he said that, you know, the best teams over the course of the year prove that they can win games when they're not at their best. And mm-hmm. that's basically what yep. we did today. And will the Ravens well, be you able look to- at the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs that weren't at their best. They just lost to the Broncos today. Yep. Exactly. Right? So that's that's what the Ravens avoided. Yep. That kind of game today. Totally. Totally. So really significant. And then I think, you know, it's been a tough stretch for this team, you know. I don't know if that how much of that had an effect on the game, but like the travel, tough stretch, tough teams. Um, you know, I think that it was a uh, for them to come out of that stretch, where sitting where they are right now, which is the best record in the AFC, tied with right. other teams. There's other teams that are there, but through eight weeks, the Ravens are tied with the Chiefs, with the Dolphins, and with the Jaguars for the best record in the AFC. Yeah, and and. You know what? They also extended their lead in the AFC North, right? It was a one-game lead. They extended that to two two games with the Browns and Steelers losing also, and that's big. You know, in a, in a really good AFC North where now the Bengals are 4-3, and three and they, they're getting hot, right? But the Ravens have a two-game lead, uh, kind of two games in the win column on all three of those teams. That's that's big. So let's break it down a little bit further here, Garrett, and, and I do want to jump in to the defense here first of all because – I thought, it was, I thought it was a good defensive game, right? I mean, you limit the Cardinals to seven points for most of the game, and now they bled. You know, they got two touchdowns late in this one, like your point. It became a little closer than we all wanted and dragged on the, the final result uh, later into the night. But I thought overall it was a good defensive performance, but not their best, once again, to the theme of the day. Yeah, I thought the defense, it was kind of a playmaking defense, really. I mean, they, they like... The Cardinals moved the ball far better than I expected them to. Like, mm-hmm. I, coming into this game, I was like, I don't see how the Cardinals move the ball in this defense. Like, the Ravens, I, I think, have, I think they've got the best defense in the NFL. And I just, like, I don't see really a recipe for the Cardinals to move the ball consistently on this defense. We all thought it was going to be Marquise Brown, right? We thought if the Cardinals score on offense, it's going to be a big play to Hollywood. Right. And, right. And it turned out to be. Uh, kind of the opposite. It was the Cardinals were getting in all these little jabs, and yep. it was the Ravens who were throwing the haymakers with the big plays defensively. Yeah, exactly. And so that that I'll, that surprised me. You know, the opening series of the game when they marched down the field and scored a touchdown. Now there were some penalties, obviously, that helped them on that march. Right. It was looking like it was setting up. You know, the, it was setting up. Matt BK gets the sack, and then there's the phantom flag, which we had never even saw a replay of the Kyle Hamilton. I know. Chain. I was waiting for that replay. I was like, can we see the replay here? I wanted, this is legit. You know, took a sack off the board from Matabike that would have caused a three and out. And it felt like, yep. okay, here we go. Defense is, defense is locked in. Instead, they end up going 80 yards and scoring a touchdown. And, and then it's like, okay, this is going to be an interesting one. So, again, that surprised me. But, like, again, going back to the theme, which is, like, being able to win a game when you don't have your best. Okay, so how do you make up for that? Okay, well, you come up with turnovers. And... You know the Brandon Stevens one. That was a, that was a gimme. That was a layup that was thrown right to him. But he made the play. Well, I don't know that that was a layup. You don't think I, so? I, I mean, it was thrown to him, but that was not an easy catch. I mean, he rifled that thing. It was high. It was an errant throw mm-hmm. for sure, right? But like, 
I've seen many a DB drop that ball. Yeah. Let's just be frank. Yeah, sure. I mean that 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 was a laser, and it got up on him, and it was it was a nice catch by Brandon Stevens. I think you got to give him credit. I'll give him credit. I'll get, I don't want hey Brandon Stevens, friend of the lounge. Okay, I don't want to take anything away from him. So well done. <laughs> You're kind of doing it. You're kind of taking him away from. No, him. no, no, no. I retract it. I retract that statement. That was as hard as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean a big play. I mean really him and then Gino, right? I mean the Brandon Stevens play. Right at the end of the first half, it's a tie ball game at that point. The Cardinals have the ball. They're trying to get a lead going into halftime. And you're like, you know, you're still very much in this could go in either direction kind of mode. And the Ravens offense was struggling. He gets that pick. The Ravens six plays later, they're in the end zone. Now it's 14 to seven. And you feel like with the way the defense is, is playing this year and generally in this game, like, okay, I feel good about where the Ravens are. But then... To your point, the Cardinals still didn't go away after that, right? Like the Ravens didn't really extend it until kind of late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, because it was 14-7 when Geno Stone got his fifth interception of the year. I know. Right? He he steps in front of one, and then the Ravens again punched in behind Gus Edwards. Now, okay, we have a (laughs) 14-point lead. This this ballgame is basically over, except it wasn't. Right. Yeah, it it did take a little bit longer. And I guess, again, that was kind of the theme of this thing where it just felt like, all right, now they're just going to kind of put this thing away, and then and then it just took longer for that to happen, and then the Geno one is really what what sealed it, and then obviously the ensuing the ensuing score. But it is it is crazy though to think about two guys who make the biggest plays on defense, Geno Stone, Brandon Stevens. Who would have who would have guessed those guys at the beginning of the year, right? I mean, here you go, Geno Stone, a guy who's been a backup his entire NFL career. I talked to Geno in the locker room this week, and it was really funny. I was like. You know, he he was leading the league in interceptions entering this game, right, with four. And I said, Gino, did you ever grow up thinking, like dreaming that one day you would lead the league in interceptions? And he was like, no, I never <laughs> I, I never even dreamt that as a kid. That, you know, he was like, I thought I was going to be a baseball player, quite frankly. Uh-huh. Um, but here he is, you know, it, it, the guy who wrote down his like preseason interceptions like goal was three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got five. Yeah. He's got five. It's incredible. Well, you know what I also thought was funny on his interceptions today? Like, now, I think that there is something to, like, success breeds confidence. And mm-hmm. so, like, on his interceptions today, you know, Brandon Stevens probably sitting there thinking, I'm going to get I'm gonna get a two-interception game? I mean, that was going right to Brandon Stevens. And it looked right. like he, he was sizing it up. You know, he had his hands up there. He was ready to make that <laughs> catch. And then also, like, Gino Stone, you know, ball hawk comes crashing across right in his face and makes a play. At the last Everybody's second. like, what the hell, Gino? You already lead the Except, league, man. Spread the wealth here, man. Let me get some. <laughs> Let me get in on this action. And so, um, but but like, just the way that he's playing, like that, like that was a that was an instinctive play, and to kind of come across and make that catch along the mm-hmm. sidelines there, I thought that like that was just a, a really nice play by Gino, and I think it shows that like he's confident back there as a ball hawk, and that's you know, and and that is part of the reason that he's having so much success, and I think that like. It kind of speaks to the team a little bit too. Like when we talk about this team being able to win in different ways and they're in first place, I think that this team really does feel like they are good. Like they feel like they are a legitimate, very good team on both sides of the ball. And when you have guys like Geno Stone and Brandon Stevens making plays, I think it just builds that confidence. And I think that that is allowing this team in part to play to the level that they are. 
For sure. I think Brandon Stevens is a great example of that. Talk about a guy playing with confidence. I mean, you know, kind of similar to Gino's story, like a guy that just is just coming out of nowhere. He was a he was a college running back at UCLA who's been a reserve Swiss Army knife in the Ravens secondary his first couple of years in the league. And now nobody would have pegged Brandon Stevens as the Ravens starting cornerback opposite Marlon Humphrey and playing lights out. Nobody predicted that. In our season predictions pod, you can go back and listen to that one. Nope. <laughs> oh, for two on that. And so for him to come in and be playing as well as he is, get his second interception today. Um, and it wasn't just that. I thought he just had a, a great game overall today. Um, that's a, just another case in point to these guys who are, are having career years that nobody would have expected and playing with such confidence. Every time, every week we talk to Brandon Stevens in the locker room he's brimming with confidence yeah i know it it like it it is clear like it is abundantly clear that he's like he he's not really scared uh i thought it was a good stat on the broadcast today that he's been targeted more than any other player in the nfl and you know you have a pro bowl corner on the other side of marlon humphrey and you have brandon stevens who you know most people didn't know coming into the season They're like all right we'll take our chances we'll just go at him and he's held up more than well he's been playing yeah. great and so that confidence is very apparent I, I love what i'm seeing from him yeah like when you have when you're at this point and even marlon said in the locker room this week like no one had geno stone on their bingo card leading the nfl in interceptions and so like when you have geno and brandon as the guys that are like making these plays for this defense and like and Jadavion Clowney, like, you know, it's like a, a Kyle Van Noy over the past couple of games. Like, those type of guys that, like, go back to, to I don't know, June, you did not expect that. And, and now you're getting that kind of production. I think it's great. Well, and we're leaving out the guy who maybe had the best defensive game of the yeah, day. Yeah, totally. Nose, tack, nose tackle Michael Pierce. Yeah. You know, you're talking about surprising defensive performances. You don't you don't uh, also predict the, the big game from the <laughs> nose tackle, making the splash plays of the game from the nose tackle, right? Two fourth down stops for Michael Pierce plus a sack strip. That's a, that is a game, an all-timer for a nose tackle right there. And so, I mean, if he doesn't, if Michael Pierce, he gets got one by a, with a batted ball, had another where he just stoned the running back at the line of scrimmage for no gain on fourth and one. Uh, if he doesn't make those stops in the first half, it could be an entirely different game. We're talking about how the Ravens were, you know, it was a tie ball game at 7-7 or they're up 14-7. Like, it could have been the other way. The Cardinals could have had an early lead, and I think that would have really helped them get some momentum. Those were big momentum plays by Michael Pierce. What would uh, your reaction be if, uh, you know, you're Josh Dobbs and you see, you know, big Michael Pierce coming downhill at you, just basically he sheds off the blockers and he is just running downhill at you on that sack. I mean, Michael P- if that's me, Michael Pierce is going to have to take me down for a 60-yard loss because I'm running the other way. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to make him go 60 yards. He might get me. Yeah. He probably will. Yeah. But it's going to be back there. Yeah. I mean, when he came through, that is a scary sight for a quarterback. And Dobbs obviously ended up fumbling on that play. I think I think Clowney was he was thinking about his touchdown dance. You know, he tried oh, to pick Clowney that one definitely up. Definitely had the scooping score. <laughs> he was thinking all he, over his, he had mind. his eyes on the end zone on that play. Yep. I mean, I, that one again. I was just thinking back to the Colts game mm-hmm. and the, the fumble that they didn't drop. Um, you know, you're just like, come on, yeah, yeah. We cannot do this again. Right, right. You know? No, I. I, I 
I think Michael Pierce, like he's really nice story. And I think that like with him, just go back to like his, his story. Like it's been a tough few years for him, you know, goes to Minnesota, Mm -hmm. sits out the COVID season, then plays, but is injured and never really kind of maximizes his potential in Minnesota. Then he comes back last year. He starts strong, gets hurt, you know, spends the rest of the year on IR and then comes back this year. And it's kind of like, Hey, it's, you know, it's, it's been several years now since like you've been a big time playmaker. He knows it. And he comes out this year and he's just playing consistent. He's been healthy up to this point. And today he kind of, it all kind of came together for him perfectly. He's making plays in the run game, making plays in the pass game. Just really happy for him, for a guy that's, you know, had um, had an up and down NFL career, and I thought this was this was the uh, culmination of kind of years of work for him. The, the Ravens have plenty of stars on their defense, but today's defensive performance was all about the unheralded guys, yeah. right? You know, we, you got Roquan, PQ, Marlin, all these star players, and today we're sitting here talking about Geno Stone, Brandon Stevens, and the nose tackle Michael Pierce. Yep, yep, pretty, pretty great cool. point, great point. Uh, last thing on defense before we wrap up is I, I do think, you know, the run defense was the surprising part here. And Michael Pierce even talked about that. It, it, there were too many Cardinals running backs that were getting through the, the front defensive line uh, kind of unscathed. And it, I would say that they ran for 129 yards today, the Cardinals did. And that was more than I certainly expected. Now, they ran a lot, 32 but still 129 yards of rushing against this Ravens defense without James Conner, who's on IR for the Cardinals, uh, was not the kind of performance I expected. And Michael Pierce even said after the game, you know, we know, especially with Seattle coming in next week, Kenneth Walker, you know, you're going to have to straighten out that run. defense. Yeah. Like the, the defense, certainly after the game, the attitude or the, the, in, in talking with them, it was not like, Oh, that was a great game. you know, high fives all the way around. Like Michael Pierce said, that was probably our worst game since the Colts game. Yeah. And that we've got work to do. So they, they they are coming out of that feeling like they've got work to clean up and things that they got to improve on. Plus, you know those and two uh, late touchdowns that just I know I know oh, it just it just bothers you some, that chaps them right yeah, there. It, it, it bothers you and just feels like you know you you, you felt like okay this is going to be a two touchdown win and then all of a sudden it gets kind of close. I thought it was kind of funny like Mark Andrews made the point that like you know we we probably should have blown him out. Mm-hmm. Now it like. And then he kind of said, you know, in reality, kind of, it kind of was. Um, it kind of was a blowout that in the, the like final just score like the final didn't reflect a blowout. Does not exactly. And but I think the defense is certainly going to be bothered. Like they 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 uh, they want to be the number one defense in the league in every statistical category. Yep. And so when you give up yards and points like they did today, that is going to bother them. Yeah, I like that though. You know, I, I don't like it on tape that it happened. If you, yeah. But I kind of like what it does for the mentality. Yeah, sure. Yeah, hungry, hungry. All right, so a lot of talk about the defense, but let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll dive into the offensive side of the ball and also look at what's ahead for this team. We're coming to you from the SeatGeek studio. Also, we want to thank you for listening to The Lounge, and we want you to know that DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens, and it has a limited time offer you don't want to miss. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code FLOCK. New customers can get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. That's only a DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code FLOCK. Please play responsibly. And for help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. You must be 21 or older to play. So talking about the offense here, Garrett, as you said, it's a little bit of an uneven performance for them. Uh, you know, they never really just got on a roll. And obviously... 
you're coming off a game like last week against the Lions where you score touchdowns on your first four drives. That's a high bar. I think I think you and I, we all said and we all knew realistically it's not going to look like that every week, right? But going against the Cardinals defense that was ranked among the worst in the league, I think we all expected better than what we saw. And Gus Edwards had three touchdowns. That That's a good day, right? But I think that the passing offense never really got in sync at any point of the game. I mean, Mark Andrews was the leading receiver with 40 yards. Lamar threw for a buck 57. Yeah, yeah it, again, it, the game just kind of felt disjointed. And, and on the touchdown, you know, the turnovers did put the Ravens in some good positions, um, obviously, which was, which was huge for the team. But it's hard to, like, pinpoint exactly why the offense wasn't in a groove. Like, what, what's your take as to why they were kind of, you know, a little bit lackluster mm-hmm. out of the gate? Well, you're going to have to come back for the film breakdown podcast yeah. uh, that we do. But my, uh, my analysis was that it looked like the Cardinals were dropping a lot of people in the coverage. Hmm. And, and then they were still winning up front. The, the Ravens were having a little trouble in pass pro. And some of that, I think, was footing issues that we saw on the field. Um, but they, a lot of this, a lot of the pressure on Lamar looked like coverage sacks slash pressure where he wasn't getting the ball out necessarily. There wasn't a, a easy an easy read. And then pressure eventually kind of collapsing in. On yeah, him. so a couple of things that I thought were interesting post-game. One is that, you know, John Harbaugh, and Lamar Jackson both talked about how it was pretty pass-heavy game plan in the first half, and they kind of mm-hmm. they, they flipped the script on that in the second half. They went more run-heavy and they rode the bus. Okay, but the other yep. part that I thought was interesting from Lamar is that you know he kind of, it sounded to me like they wanted to push the ball down the field. That maybe they felt like there were some downfield opportunities because Lamar talked about the pressure that was in his face at times, and it was for some late breaking. You know, basically routes that are late developing. You know, you got to wait to see mm-hmm. those things down mm-hmm. the field. So it sounds to me like they were they came out wanting to throw, and they came out wanting to throw the ball down the field, not quick stuff. And then as a result, well, I think I think if if they're dropping a lot of people in coverage, you're you're necessary. You're generally speaking going to have to have a little bit longer routes yeah. to yep. get open, right? They're clouding the picture, the immediate picture, mm-hmm. and so you can still win in that, but it's going to take a little bit more time. And and the Cardinals were getting. Credit to the Cardinals' defense. Like I, like I said, they came in ranked among the bottom of the league, but I thought they played pretty darn well. I was impressed. They were flying around. It was, I think, they were confused. You know, a lot of guys just kind of standing at the line of scrimmage. It wasn't clear who was coming, who wasn't. Uh, I, I thought that the Cardinals' defense impressed me, and so I think that the Ravens also one of the one of the critiques coming out of the Lions game was that yeah, you know. It was a huge offensive day for the Ravens, but when you go back and watch even the Kurt Warner breakdown that made news this week, and even Todd Munkin referenced it and said, yeah, there's some truth to that stuff. We did a lot right, but there is some truth to what he said. And what Kurt Warner was saying is a lot of stuff in the Ravens passing game, even in the Detroit win over Detroit, isn't happening on time, right? It's like, it's it's Lamar making a play. He's getting out. You know, obviously the touchdown to Nelson Aguilar next, last week is a case in point in that but still not operating in the passing game quite on time in rhythm necessarily. And I think maybe that's kind of what the Cardinals were trying to uh, pounce on a little bit is to make Lamar hold the ball and then try to collapse that pocket and get some pass rush. And they, and they were pretty successful in doing that. 
And the Ravens ultimately said, all right, if you're going to drop a bunch of people in coverage, we're just going to run it down your throat with our hand. Yeah. I, I also thought, too, it was it's kind of interesting because, like, I thought Lamar was pretty sharp. Like, I don't think he played a poor game. You know, I thought he was no. – he put the ball on the money. He made some nice throws. I thought he had good command, which he's continued. Like, I don't think that he – you know, he's firmly in the MVP conversation, and I don't feel like this game honestly helped or hurt him. I think he's probably right where he was in that conversation after this game. And I just feel like, again, he was sharp. I think he played well, but it was a disjointed game, honestly, on both sides of the ball. And like then in the second half, once, once the bus got rolling, it was pretty clear, like, he's the closer. Just keep feeding him. And that's yeah. what the Ravens did. I also, can I take this... I would like to take a victory lap here, go around, ring the stadium, high five all the fans <laughs> who are here, and just point to. Okay. You, do you know what I'm going to point out here? Like my my victory lap here is. I really don't. <laughs> there's there's so many. Um, the victory the victory <laughs> lap here is. I told you earlier this season, after we had the Gus on the pod, I was like, "There's going to be games this year where he gets he's the closer and he gets 15 plus touches a game." And you were like, "No, he's not." They're going to just keep this committee thing rolling. You're giving me this look. We're going to have to pull up the tape here. I wish that people could see the video of this right now. Like, what are you talking about? And I was about? like, I'm telling you there's going to be games where Gus gets 15-plus carries. About, and you were like, no way. No way. And here he is. He's got 19 carries for uh, 80 yards. And then he also caught two passes for 14 yards. So... I don't think I said that there there would never be a game this season that Gus would get over 15 carries. Yes. Yeah. I did not say Bryson, that. Bryson, hit the, hit the tape. Let's hit the tape right now. All right. I'm going, there will not be a game. <laughs> there will not be a game this year where Gus gets 20-plus touches. Boom. All right, well, I can't wait to bring. I, that's no shade on Gus. I can't I'm just saying, wait. I think it's like it's a it's a pretty. I can't good wait for Gus to get the twenty plus, and then I'm going to back back on the pod, and we're going to celebrate in your face. All right, <laughs> that no, yeah, Bryson, yep, get is. out of here. You went on the record. Get out of here, Bryson. You went on the record. You are no, no. There's no way that happened. <laughs> anyway, all credit to goes to Gus. Not you. <laughs> oh, it, it goes to Gus. Don't don't no no question right. about that. He was on, on out <laughs> the there bus. running the ball well piling on the bus he's just opening the door get on kids piling on the bus let's go and and you know i think that the interesting conversation here is we're what now two days away from the trade deadline and there's been a whole lot of chatter in baltimore about the possibility that ravens could go get a running back right been a whole lot of chatter about derrick henry well you know derrick henry's pretty physical good closer at the end of the games the gus bus just closed this one out and said all right, I think I think we're doing all right in this category. Yeah, the other thing too is uh, John Harbaugh was asked about the running backs after the game, and he, you know, I, I don't know if it was at all in reference to some of the chatter that's been out there. That's what the question was in reference yeah, to. I'm exactly. Sure. The question was about basically the confidence that he has in the running backs, and uh, he said, "Oh, we're really confident." And he talked about, of course, Gus, Justice Hill, also Keaton Mitchell, who was inactive today, who the Ravens really like, and then he even pointed out. No, of course Gordon. he's going to say that. Let's. Let, I mean. Honestly, he's not going to be like, yeah, we don't have much confidence right after the sure. you know, Gus scores three touchdowns. But, you know, so I, I say that, I, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, this game means there's zero chance that the Ravens go out and, and make a move at running back. I'm not going to say that. But I think Gus Edwards made a nice statement today about who he is as if there was any confusion about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think I think that this this game – 
the weird part about offense, like I said, 40 receiving yards was tops for Mark Andrews, who, by the way, in his return to Arizona, scores a touchdown going back home, his first pro game back in Arizona. You had to feel good for him. But, you know, Zay Flowers, you know, five catches for 19. Mm-hmm. You know, like never really was able to get loose. And then Odell Beckham, you know, four targets, zero catches. That's an odd line for Odell. Now he got – he drew two defensive pass interference calls, which – Helped set up Ravens touchdowns, but uh, a weird game for Odell, and and you can tell that they're really trying to they're trying to feed him a little bit. And Lamar Jackson even said it after the game. We're, you know, he's like those those pass interference calls are great, but I'm trying to get my guy a touchdown. Yeah. And you can tell that Odell is extremely hungry. Oh him. yeah, totally. And I think that I mean he he wants to help his team in a variety of ways. You know, I think and this is a guy that like took a huge shot in this game and had to leave briefly, but then came back. He wants to yep. score. I don't blame him. And he's had, you know, there's. it, it feels like he's drawn a number of, I don't know what the number is in terms of the pass interference penalties that he's drawn this year, but he's really good at that. Um, he's got a knack. Yeah, he's, he's got a knack for that. That's like part of the veteran savvy that he has. And, but I, I, yeah, you're right. He would much prefer not to have the pass interference one late and have the touchdown because he was going to score a touchdown on that play if there weren't the PI. Yep, yep. Two other notes that I just want to point out. Uh, Hollywood Brown, Gets a touchdown against his former team. Wasn't a huge game for him. Six catches for 33 yards, but he does get the score. Saw the hug between he and Lamar Jackson after the game. You know, there's been a lot said about Hollywood among the Ravens fans, even when he was in Baltimore. You and I have always thought that Hollywood's a good player, you know, and uh, probably underappreciated, generally speaking, in Baltimore, amongst fans, at least. Um, You know, probably also wishes he was on the other side here, winning more games uh, than he has been. But you feel good for him. Didn't want to see him score a touchdown. But, like, you know, feel good about him and, uh, and for him. <laughs> I guess if, uh, so. like if, you, if you want everyone to succeed, like, that's the, the nice touchdown to get. You know, it's, it's not yeah, complete yeah. garbage the, time. The garbage touchdown is, at the end of the game that doesn't matter. Yeah, sure, it's I'll, like kind of garbage time. Alan, buddy. <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can have it. Um, but then, the, I mean, the two-point conversion stop was a big stop. It was a big stop. It was a big stop, especially. I mean, it would have been an eight-point game. Yep. That was a big stop. Yeah. And um, so that that's one little note. And then what was up with the turf? Yeah. Well, if you I remember, turf- you know, the Super Bowl, you know, there was a lot of complaints about the about the turf. It clearly was chewed up. You could see on the broadcast and in some of the photos, the guys were slipping. I mean, Ronnie Stanley slipped on a play that Lamar got sacked on, and it seemed like basically his footing was what led to that sack. Justice Hill slipped on a play where he was kind of snuck out there and looked like he Zay. may have – Yeah, Zay did, I think a couple of times. And so – I don't know what was up with it. I don't know if it was new turf, but it, it clearly had an impact on the game. And I don't know yeah. what the deal was with it. Then uh, lastly, little point here about the the officiating. I think the Cardinals were a little upset about it. it you know, there was first the, the, the call on Kyle Hamilton on the Cardinals opening drive where, like we said, we want to see that replay. But then there was the, the ball that got moved back <laughs> on the fourth down spot. Uh, that was a little bit of an odd one. And then a huge call for the Ravens didn't end up being that big because Justin Tucker missed the field goal, but the sack strip yeah. uh, on Lamar that uh, ended up being reversed on replay were some some big calls or could have been at yeah. least. Yeah. Um, so the Ravens kind of, you know, the Ravens I feel like have had like bad luck for much of the year in a variety of different ways. They kind of had a little bit of good luck in this game. Gus Edwards had the fumble that he fell right on top mm-hmm. of and recovered. Um, 
there's the play that Bateman basically snatched an interception away from the Cardinals play. receiver. That was a great play from Bateman. That was a great play by Bateman. You know, there were some moments in this where it was like, yo, and then you, you, you okay, all right, we kind of dodged one there. Yeah. You know? yeah, just real quick, I thought I'm encouraged by what I've seen from Bateman the past few weeks. I feel like he's mm-hmm. talking about gaining confidence and getting more involved. That end-around play, like he's not a guy that I naturally think of as an end-around candidate, but that was a nice run that he had on that play. Really nice play on the yep. – essentially it was like – it would have been good just to be a pass breakup, but he ended up snatching that ball and getting a big play down the field. So I'm encouraged by the way Bateman's playing right now. Yep, I and the agree. Ravens need it. Then you know, like it's of- like it's been a, it's been a tough stretch here with the travel, like London and now Arizona. But now they come home and they've got a nice situation on the home front. You know, the opponents are tough uh, coming up with Seattle this week. I mean, that's going to be a tough game. Seattle just beat the Browns today, so. Come back, yeah, come back win in the last minute of the game. They're going to be riding high. They're on riding one. high, and they're one of the top teams in the NFC. And so that is going to be a difficult game. But the Ravens have three straight games at home. They got three home games in twelve days. So get comfortable at the bank, folks, because it's going to be rocking, and it's uh, it's going to be nice after spending all this time away to have a nice little stretch here at home. Six and nine, six of the last nine, and you're sitting atop the AFC right now at six and two. That's a good position to be in if you're the Ravens for sure. So thank you for listening. Make sure you email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave us a rating and review if you don't mind. And go check out Ravens Press Pass where we'll have all the post-game press conferences from today's victory and the locker room sound as well. Go check that out. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you early this week. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.